0: Hello, everyone! Sending kisses from Istanbul and welcoming you to the Artist Date. My name is Jana Komarnicka and this is Pedro Bonato, and we are very happy joining us today on our exploration and discussions about artist life, life together, work together, creating art together.
1: <laughs> yeah, and uh, in this uh, case, as you can see, we are in this very cool apartment that we're able to get through through Airbnb for the whole month here in uh, in Istanbul in a a region called Balat and um, I think the first thing to get out of the way is that it's very funny because when we saw the um, when you're looking for places to stay they were like very expensive in like the main uh, let's say Galata and other regions in Uh, in Istanbul and then I think you saw something that was like oh, Ottoman style apartment in uh, in this area called Balat that is a little bit further from let's say where like the old town or where this like a more hip area in the European side but then uh, I ended up finding this apartment and i thought okay the apartment is cool it has this red motif so you can record some stuff here and then (laughs) suddenly we discovered but then we
0: saw around balad Uh, it's called also colorful district of istanbul everyone comes here like usually it's not very touristic but tourists come here just to take photos with this colorful stairs or colorful houses and there is three houses which are one by one, they're in the road and very small and they're called, we we call them famous Insta houses because everyone comes here to photograph. And one of the photos on Airbnb listing was of this street, so it's like, oh, okay, we will be on this street and these houses are there. And then suddenly we come here and it's like, that's the houses we are in. (laughs) So
1: we're actually living inside the Instagram house, which is kind of funny. So one of the things that happened here, uh, while we were here is that every morning, basically every afternoon, or even when it's like night time, or when it's like There's rainy. one rainy
0: <laughs> yeah. midnight we were coming yeah. back.
1: And there were some people taking photos in front of the house. So like, it was very interesting to see people from all kinds, all walks of life, from all the like super produced like Instagram, People to all like I don't know like wedding shoes not really weddings but like uh, no I haven't like seen like, uh... weddings
0: but like evening gowns like yeah, super yeah. dresses yes yeah. but the most hilarious situations is that we when we are coming like I don't know from somewhere like from also coming back home we stop to find the keys and people get not like angry, but they are like ah, oh, that we are spoiling their photos because we are on the background, and then seeing their reaction that we, oh no, we are actually opening doors to funny. go in. <laughs> yeah, it's very
1: funny, and, and the, it's funny like that's actually the first like subject I think that it would be interesting to talk about about this because it's like of course funny to see uh, in previous episodes and because we are traveling like you can you it's, I I noticed like this theme that we are always like talking about what's. Instagram, what's reality and all this stuff. But then what I thought was very cool, like here, is that um, the people that decided to really paint these houses in a very nice way and de- do, of course, nice decoration inside, but like even from outside, it's not all the district which is the impression you would get
0: from, i think from... i heard i don't know how exactly but when i pass we were walking on the streets i was also like hearing sometimes talks of like tourists and like you know, guides and supposedly the district was very colorful in general but then most people stopped maintaining houses oh yeah
1: like you could see like maybe like just just to finish off this point it was that like now this place these four houses like around here they are this tourist magnet. And then there's like one street down that really has like a lot of restaurants. is very pretty, very creative, very well maintained. And then I think, I was just thinking about this, how beauty actually makes places become alive and bring, like even in front of our house, you may even listen, sometimes they have like, because there are so many people taking photos that there are some local entrepreneurs that go and they uh, decide to like sell little snacks or things to the tourists here. So it slowly starts opening up and I think that's one of those things that is very interesting sometimes when artists, uh, this is in the context of artist date and artist life that we don't like consider, we think we're so bad at business like when you are like an artist, but you forget that the liveliness and the actual like even cultural life and then by by consequence the touristic and like business life of places depends on the vision of the artist and that's what I thought anytime that I'm walking back I'm looking at this like so almost like destroyed houses or abandoned houses and you see this uh, like like renaissance of the place.
0: Yeah but it's also not only artistic vision but also entrepreneurial vision because all you need to do like in this case they just put like people don't even know what's inside the houses like we were lucky to discover otherwise if you didn't rent Airbnb it's not like famous I don't know house of musician or like a historical person that people come to see it. like no it's a regular residential houses inside it happened to look awesome but we discovered it by chance because of Airbnb otherwise all we see it's cute houses Painted colorfully with some like uh, or, or um, greenery and some flowers ornamentation, and that brings people here uh, to to the street, to the district, uh, to yeah, the area.
1: My, my point about that is that it's something that I think even Jordan Peterson talked about. That it happened like in New York, happened in Toronto, happened in San Francisco, in many cities. Is that first the artists move in, then the entrepreneurs, then for like uh, professionals yeah. and then basically the artists get kicked out, which is sort of like uh, what happened now, apparently in Istanbul, like you, you, the artists used to be in this uh, Galata, Galata area. area, and then now they're moved to a different place because the prices of real estate went up and all that. And the other thing to mention about this place too, that you, you mentioned that it used to be very colorful and you can see, because when I was reading about it, when I was deciding where to do and where to stay and how to get from here to there be, being based here, which seemed to be at first a disadvantage, like oh, you have to get a boat, you have to get a, a, a like a specific bus. It would be difficult. In the end, it turned out to be perfect spot to yep. stay. And but it was so interesting to see that this place is actually one of the oldest neighborhoods in um, Balat and Fatih, close to where we are. Like it's one of the oldest neighborhoods in Istanbul, and Istanbul is already a super ancient city. If you think about it, it has like three moments in history, like from ancient history, even the Phoenicians were here before, and then came um, the Christians, and then uh, with the taking of Constantinople, they became Istanbul. And this is one of the oldest, oldest, oldest uh, neighborhoods. And it's really cool to see old architecture. There's a school here that is like from 1450, sorry, uh, yeah, 1450 something, and it's actually older than Brazil, where I'm from, <laughs> if you think about it, like from the, the foundation of the country. So it's it's quite fascinating to see that history.
0: It's also interesting, like the district. I mean, two things. First of all, to finish with Insta houses, just to give an idea, you, it is really busy. We managed to take some photos in, uh, in front of our houses, this third attempt. First, we came out and we thought, oh, let's go in the morning, right in the morning that there's no one, but then there is no one because there is not a good lighting to take those photos that's why nobody comes here in the morning and once the sun comes a bit higher then it's a lot of people and yesterday we finally managed to take a couple photos but we came out we had to wait around then we decided let's go just around the district we came back it still was super busy we came up home and then at some moments it's like okay let's go out and we just managed to have like three, five minutes to get the photo we wanted. And then right away, a lot of people came in. So it's really like busy.
1: <laughs> yeah. And uh, and just as I mentioned, like it's this area. then there's like a couple of other spots in the district. And that's one of those things. Like it's not all the houses that are like this, but they all have the potential to be. Because yeah. if, you, if I was walking around, I always pay attention to the architecture. And I really like the really old, the really like, sometimes they are like abandoned or sometimes just the bottom floor is actually being used for commerce and then the top floors are not there yet. And so it was very interesting to see like that, oh, at once, at one time, it was probably very lively and how many times it has been like constructed, reconstructed this, like like this lively uh, place. So that was really, really cool to be here and also be able to Get on a, like, at least for me, it was not something that was common. Either you walk around the city, or you take a bus, or you take an Uber, or you rent a car. In Istanbul, I would not recommend anyone drive anyone that is sane and uh, with a little bit of nerves. It's very difficult. I to would drive. recommend
0: walk if you can avoid driving or getting taxis. Yeah. Just walk.
1: Yeah, but, but
0: buses and subways and also good. Yeah, and, if you but, have a car, though. <laughs> yeah,
1: but yeah, we were talking about that. But like it was. Then we actually got here. Is very common, especially when you go to the Asian side, as you probably know. Like Istanbul has, uh, um, it's a city that is literally between two continents, right? It has an European side, it has an Asian side of the same city, so it's very common for people to commute between the two uh, locations, and they actually do that by boat on the Bosphorus. And uh, it was so cool to actually go on the Bosphorus, especially in this area. That is uh, this little section we are. It is at the Golden Horn, it's called, that uh, connects to the Bosphorus and to the then to the, to the Red Sea, and uh, it's. Uh, quite fascinating to to be in this place that has like so much history and you can just basically as if you're going to take a bus you actually take a ferry it might be common for some people depending on where you are around the world but to me it was always like oh
0: i'm on a boat <laughs> and you actually like it's basically the same price as going on bus and you're paying with the same card and little note for travelers <laughs> whenever you travel to istanbul try to get istanbul card public transport right away whenever you see it in official like not from someone like uh, sneezy like uh, uh, sketchy like selling in the streets but from official like places you see it get it because we had a lot of headache of where to find it once you're already Mm -hmm. in the city how to get it how to activate it. So, <laughs> but once you get card, it's actually very easy to go around the city and the boat, it's the same. You just use the same card, tap, go inside the boat, and you can go with boats, not only around Istanbul, but also even to islands close by. Yeah, like... you can go
1: everywhere. It's um, it's quite, and you can even go all the way to Bursa, to, all, to other parts of, uh, of Turkey through using that, uh, the transport system. So once you know, it's sort of like, I guess, a little bit of like, although it's easy to buy the car in New York, uh, it's sort of like New York that it's like all this craziness of the subway. Here is not as complex, but it is as complex in terms of the messiness, especially in the old areas that combine uh, like a hub for buses and boats and taxis. So it's quite quite a phenomenon to to get into uh, to get into that
0: one of the description of istanbul's in terms of logistics like public transport or other stuff like that someone described like oh you call it mess we call it home yeah it chaos <laughs> <laughs> oh, chaos yeah. That's, yeah that's basically the best description of istanbul especially for someone who, for who is not from here and not used and still need to figure out what is happening how to how to use it
1: <laughs> yeah and so like uh, just like on this note like we chose this spot like because it was like proportionally way cheaper than staying in um in a place like it was the same price as staying in a small apartment in the main areas of the city Right. So that's another, let's say, tip for people that uh, the travel. Take a look at the off-beaten path too. Even though here is a little bit of a beaten path, but uh, <laughs> it's not asphalted yet, I guess. But they, uh, what they, it's it's really cool because then depending on what you want to do, you you're able to afford to get like a, a nicer place. And in our case, even as we now are on the way to our next trip soon, uh, it's funny how certain things when you are like. A, Nomad quote-unquote in our case literally because we, as you if you saw previous episodes we are doing this ear experiment We're literally not in any place. We're just traveling around. We don't have an address and um, But <laughs> the things that you pay attention to besides okay This is a, we ended up getting an amazing room That is super big has a big mirror for Yana to practice as a place for me to practice my drumming and it has a big table <laughs> yes. It's one of those things like um, a lot of apartments when you're seeing on Airbnb or like hotels and things like that. It's uh, sometimes it's people that just go to, so they either have just a sleeping area and even the fancier ones, sometimes they have fancy spots, but they don't have like a work station, even though sometimes they say that they have a dedicated work spot but they really don't so when i was looking into places this one actually what caught my attention was not (laughs) even the fact that it was pretty i mean of course that too but it was mainly oh it has a big table i think we can actually like work and live and it's one of those things that more and more, I think as people, especially after COVID, people started like working from home and very soon they'll be able to also, all over the world be able to travel again. But if you're gonna be able to travel again, you may be as if you're working from home. Basically what we are doing right now that you can work you can have a station you can have your computer your files like whatever you were used to work and that is actually very very important It's like oh it has a TV I don't care about a television I care about a nice table where I can actually
0: work and hopefully big enough or two separate as a kitchen table where you can eat and the table where you can work or one but big enough so you don't need to like you know every time do this logistics but I think it comes from like uh, it will more and more will go into this different transition. But I think it's right now not in the thinking of people. But if someone is, for instance, thinking to rent out like Airbnbs, think about this. Because, of course, originally, like the idea of Airbnb was more for tourists. Yeah. And then like if you're coming for tourists like one, two weeks, usually you're not that much in apartment. You want yeah. to go around the city. But now more and more people. Long there stays. are a lot of people already doing long stays and combining all um, work and travel and even more will be in the future like i yeah. feel so some some tip for someone few who may, <laughs> may consider doing airbnb so now have like just adjust and add it's not that even difficult just add some surface that people can put one or two computers if it's for couple yeah. uh, and work
1: yeah there's that quote from uh not to get into a little bit of like what we've been up to because we actually if you watched our previous episodes we did like a bunch of them around our trips around uh, Turkey and the last one was about the balloons and uh, and the previous one about our experience in Cappadocia and uh, so like we had a lot of travels around Turkey and creating a lot of content and doing like a lot of projects and even some started, some like kept going and then here in Istanbul, it was uh, okay in the beginning it was okay, let's just try to catch up with like, works well, out. we
0: had two, almost three weeks of exploration of Istanbul before we left yes, to yes. Izmir, Pamukkale, and Cappadocia, and then now we came back. Also, I think we should clarify why suddenly we are talking about month of Istanbul for some of people right. who may look in a row like yeah. of episodes. It's just because our last. Four episodes: Izmir, Pamukkale, and two from Cappadocia. First of all, it was the whole month of non-stop travels. So it was very, very difficult to stop and edit and rewatch. Like, and each episode of this is like about one hour each, so it's a lot of like rewatching and editing and exporting. So it was impossible to do. And then when we came back to Istanbul already. Uh, it we was are a little bit behind. Those episodes are also have a lot of footage yeah. inserted. So it's also like because we decided that we basically want to. Basically,
1: do a mini documentary. <laughs> yeah, we want
0: to make it more visual and show the process of going around places. So it took a really long time. And basically, now we're basically catching up with like what is actually happening in day to day, like now. So suddenly, you will hear us talking right now about one month with Istanbul because literally next. Week. Week. Saturday. Next Saturday, yes. One week from now, we actually live in Turkey and live yeah. in Istanbul.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we got... Uh, and I guess that would be a little bit of what we were going to talk about too in terms of like process and things and the subjects of today's episode. But I'm just mentioning uh, this interesting thing that we were able to d- during this like almost like month that we've, been, that we've been here like to really, at least for me, it was like to really be able to slow down and even though I had this list of all the things to do it was like okay a bunch of things I was really attracted to doing so I did them a bunch of things it was sort of like oh I should want to do this mm-hmm. and then I allowed myself not to so it was like in a way an indulgence to be to finish off and to move along certain things and other things that you th- that in the vision you thought you wanted to do, it's like, mm, not so much, but this other, oh yeah, that's mm. the one. So that was sort of like my my uh, my experience of Istanbul. That's what I was going to say about. Myself. uh I think it was from is it from Proust? I will I will probably some little kid will, will tell me on the. On the show on the notes for this uh, on the on the comments but it's this uh, idea of like uh, that you when you go to your place you don't go to it's a very cliche uh, phrase but it's a very cool one that uh, you don't go seeking new landscapes you go seeking new eyes and so it's like seeking mm. new ways of seeing things i can't remember who is the i think marcel proust but i'm not sure anyway it's a very famous quote i'll i'll, I'll correct it and put it So, you guys can see uh, which one I'm talking about. And, uh, but it's basically this idea of that we talked about in previous episodes too this idea of like letting the place change you. And, but it doesn't have to be transformational necessarily all the time, even though to me, in a lot of senses, it was. It was more like, okay, what is true right now? And how do I want to engage with it? So, then in this case, I got like, okay, let me really focus on. Practicing my new drum with new techniques, and uh, really editing a backlog of things, and uh, really putting things in perspective. So it was uh, that's why, as Diana said, a month in um, that we're a little bit behind, uh, and uh, in terms of editing for uh, Artist Day, that's why you're seeing it now, and um, also this idea of we spending a month to actually have something new to say too. So. Yeah. yeah.
0: Is it something that you you briefly mentioned the topic that you wanted to bring up on the uh, show today? Is it something related to this too? Like because you mentioned like something that you really want to do like focusing on that stuff?
1: No, <laughs> oh, it was more uh, well for me like usually as you uh, if you're following if you if you're new to the show welcome but <laughs> like uh, if you're following the show already like Yana uh, brings a subject I bring a subject the stuff that is on our mind like for this uh, episode and it's funny because when Jan, I asked Yana what hers was and I said oh mine is actually very similar I, I was actually thinking on that as well but my main point and she's going to mention it in a second but my main thinking was this idea of uh, it's not even a permission to change your mind it's permission to analyze what really attracts you Right, mm. because you get that idea, or it's this idea of um, it's not even in terms of like necessarily duty or even in terms of uh, what you committed to doing, like not to other people but to yourself. Like, oh, we have this vision, oh, when I go to do this specific project in both artistic life and any actually uh, environment where you want to get something that doesn't exist and put it in the world, right? Um, that and especially things that are not like that they are not gonna happen by themselves, you really need to like make them happen. Sometimes you have like a bunch of ideas that you want to do, and actually, when you start doing them, or when you procrastinate about doing them, but once you get past that, certain things will be really clear that you really want to do more of that. Or you want to really, okay, I want to really focus on this one. Right, when you get past fear, self-doubt, all those things, like okay, this is the one. And when you start doing those, All those things that seemed very, let's say, oh, let me really focus on doing this, 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 this while I'm traveling, I allow myself to like slow down and say, okay, what do I really want to be doing? Not all what I would like to do, no, like I would love to do this, so I want to really practice my drum, and then suddenly it was like, okay, an hour passed, and my technique is getting better, and uh, all these things. So this was really cool, and also like, okay, certain things are not about necessarily Istanbul per se, so let me, connect with the people that I want to, to, to connect with, learn the techniques that I want to learn to, for the continuation of certain projects, like the photography projects that I was talking about. So, like creating that network and that momentum for those projects, it's sort of like a sl- letting it be not a bunch of small waves, but letting one bigger one accumulate to, mm. to work on things. That's sort of like what was on my mind, and then it's related afterwards to your topic.
0: My subject was kind of related to the topic of like work and what to do but in a different way it was more about like workflow and tasks uh, because I like systems and I like uh, organization and when you are self-employed or entrepreneur you have a lot of things that okay there are creative things or like new projects like you're developing this or that but there are things that has to happen like I usually divide like. It has to happen on a daily basis this has to happen on a weekly basis this has to happen on a monthly basis like you need to put out especially in the world of social media and I think every business is related to social media I'm not talking about the like, seller or bloggers or influencers any business like smartly put together is involved let's say the social media that needs to be regular and it's just one example of things that do need to happen either on daily or weekly basis, but there are many other workflows like uh, uh, like putting together some like, um, I don't know, like finance stuff. Uh, sometimes it's like doing a post blog, like for us it will be related more to the content, but there are a lot of that stuff. And um, it was an interesting contrast because then when we were working when we were traveling around last month, I literally basically stripped down <laughs> all that list to bare minimum. What has to happen, and I was not even able to do posts, let's say, on a daily basis. It was really crazy schedule, uh, but it kind of felt okay and uh, and uh, uh, sort of like. Justified, I guess. I don't know, like it, it was like, okay, we are doing right now this, we are traveling around, we are creating content, then we'll get back to our routines, flows, etc. Here, one month in Istanbul, it's basically like, yeah, we're in Istanbul, we're traveling, but it's more close to a regular life. Like, oh, we wake up, I do my like morning exercises, then training, cooking breakfast, like going to grocery. Uh, watching movies sometimes in between work or let's say after work not in between work but it was more like a regular life but at the same time uh, there are two aspects to what I wanted to bring up like this workflows uh, still the challenge of combining okay there are work tasks uh, that needs to happen to move your work forward work tasks to maintain your work but you also want to have life and especially when yeah it's more like a whole month in istanbul it's more like lifestyle but we're still traveling we're still in a new city so of course like we want to go there see that meet that person or like check out that so it's the combination and this applies not only when you're traveling this applies even to your own city it's something i'm struggling a lot like having that like giving yourself permission to like go out somewhere without stressing oh but this, this this is not done and the second part of what i was thinking to talk about this i know i have a problem of overscheduling. but at the same time even if i'm actively working and stripped down like really like to the bare minimum okay just this I notice a tendency like even if I put two or three small tasks I'm not talking about like oh create a website in one day and do ten other things but like small things I have a tendency to still stretch them out so at the end of the day I will still have either just finish them barely and go to sleep or not even finish them and it's like oh but I just work the whole day and uh, uh it's like those workflows that i don't even know how exactly to put it it's like they help us to uh like be regular like with certain stuff like on schedule especially with work and business it's very important and also takes the pressure of you trying to figure out or what to do like you kind of know what to do but at the same time they still require i don't know like I did discipline and time management I don't even understand sometimes like how it happened that like this list that was very small uh like by definition but it's still not finished by the day and I still didn't have time just for myself not even to go out but just to have a like an hour to give myself permission to like a read a book and uh it was an interesting contrast because I didn't have that feeling when we were traveling around and I still was doing what is necessary to be done, like as to like minimum, like as a work, we still we're not just chilling around the whole no. month, still was doing like website updates, no. club updates work. for our work, etc. But then when you're in a more chill situation, like oh, the whole month in Istanbul, we are not in a rush, or we already checked all like. I'd see like walking around before so now it's like other spots that we kind of wanted to to take a look and we left them for like later whenever the whole months in istanbul but that tendency of being i don't know like sucked into the work i would say it occurs even more and again it's not about traveling because this happens regardless it's it's like lifestyle i guess i don't know or life pro not lifestyle lifestyle problem
1: <laughs> yeah like To me, I, of course, um, know exactly what you were talking about and uh, you were like, it's funny because as as I mentioned, like, oh, I wanted to talk about something like similar. In my case, it's more on the what to do rather than the how to do or uh, in that sense. But at the same time, it's what you want to be doing, which will inform. All those uh, those actions, right? And then uh, in my case, one of the things that I was that I was thinking, I was observing is that we had the opportunity to interact here with um, uh, like a very cool uh, drummer from America that lives here in Istanbul, and we are sort of like on the same boat in the sense that like she also travels, also has online so online uh, classes and things like that. So then, um, everybody's is sort of on the same boat in terms of uh, this. Idea of like knowledge work, which is like no one comes and tells you exactly what to do or to do. You have to decide it for yourself, in a way. And uh, it w- and it's not like it's an obvious thing that is traditionally has been done in a specific way, right? If you open a, I don't know an ice cream uh, shop, it's very it's somewhat clear what to do, and then you have to innovate on how to get people into it. But the business itself, I mean, I'm sure I will. Pro- it's just my ignorance of the business of making <laughs> ice cream, but of, of selling ice cream, but anyway, like, I think it's something that everybody goes through, like, uh, and in the corporate world, from what I remember even in, like, in government work that I actually did in Brazil back in another lifetime, <laughs> they, uh, there is a constant um, thinking of systems and of actually being productive. And the problem when you are in those areas, at least in my experience, is that it's very easy to hide when you're not being productive because it's not really directed. Like, there is no way to really check, like, okay, people over time, it'd be like, at least my experience was that no one was really checking what you're doing and you're gonna get the same paycheck at the end of the month until they fire you, right? Unless you're in sales or if you're in a very good um, uh, company that really tracks those things. But for us, it's sort of like, if you don't work, you don't eat, <laughs> that kind of stuff. But in a way, like even though we do have like that opportunity of having, not I wouldn't consider this passive income because it's very active, it's just you're working on other things. But it's like you have this like buffer of time where, you can be inefficient. That's why the uh, pressing matter of always trying to find efficiency, and I think that has to do a lot of uh, moment in life, training, and uh, the specific situation you're in, is if you're like really running against hmm. uh, something. So, But that's why even to me, the thing that got, like, I got interested is like, oh, you're not as interested in the city of processes. And one thing that I decided to literally review, like listen again to the audio books and the lectures was, from the one that I tried to implement for the last 10 years, I would say, that I try to do. It would be way worse if I hadn't <laughs> done the little bit that I have done. But <laughs> it's the idea from uh, David Allen, that is this productivity um, like master, I'd say. And he really like, gives uh, consultations to like, companies and stuff. One of the, I would say, one of the main inspirations for me in terms of organization and uh, one of the things that he says is like to do this uh, complete life list that he calls like uh, projects and it doesn't really separate between uh, like business and like personal life because it's everything that needs to be done or not. And I was always very attracted to it and I was like okay but I'm, I'm not really doing my system appropriately to be able to make the most out of it. Mm-hmm. It's very cool because I basically write everything down that I need to do eventually. My Then when, when I was reviewing his uh, his steps, his process, I noticed, okay, I do not do the thing that he recommends to do the most and that he says it's the most difficult area to, to do, which is be, the he calls the weekly review. So if you wanna Google this, I even have some podcast episodes talking about this on my other podcast and the, the Creative Walks podcast, but it's basically the idea of a GTD, which is getting things done take everything off your mind. Your mind is not to remember things. It's to, it's to actually work on whatever you already decided. And one of the things that I do not do is this weekly review, that is you look at every single thing you want to do. Everything that is not an active project goes to Sunday maybe. And mm-hmm. I notice the weakness in my planning, in my work, is there. Because I mix reference materials with to-do lists, with project ideas, and I don't clarify what's about mm-hmm. to do. And so, it was very interesting to go back, not to go into a lecture about what he suggests, but like it was very cool to go back to his thinking mm-hmm. that is based on these two ideas, which is what you're trying to accomplish and what's the next action. Because sometimes you have a list of unclear things, mm-hmm. right? You have mix of like, you have in your list like mom, but then you don't say like, review this and this and this about mom or even Process to do lists, which is one of those things that I review. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. think about this, schedule some time, or at least put it on a, something that your mind will know that you'll see again. So, his idea is sort of like, you think you have to think, but less, uh, you have to think a lot, but less than you might be afraid you have to. Mm-hmm. So, he has all these interesting tools and uh, having them contextually, and it's, it's very cool. So, I was reviewing that in terms, so I was also working in terms of process, but process in the sense of like, okay, how can I, what can I do to serve what I really want to do? Right? So that if your process depends on motivation, you're going to get behind because as I'm sort of like parroting him, but like uh, you can, 60% of your day, you cannot predict. Like there are things, especially when you have shoes like us, let's say you want from nine to 10, you're going to do this. Like, no, no, you're not. First of all, you're unless you're really like a unless you are like a like a i don't know discipline machine or if you have that's why a lot of executives and even uh artists that are like a little level specific level they have assistants that fend off all the other stuff so that you can do but then you don't really focus on the latest and loudest and uh so that's sort of like my thinking of this like reviewing the the process that i really like and i think it works and then i was reviewing okay what am i doing that is wrong so trying to see this fresh new eyes, like I try to see, which is an ex- exercise I do sometimes hmm. for this kinds of things, which is see myself from above, right, it's, uh, this idea of like, okay, wh- look at myself as if I am not myself and look at what I am doing. An idea that I got from Jocko Willink about this. And I actually experienced when I was in the uh, flotation tank. I even mentioned to you that I had—I uh, was in this uh, flotation tank in Toronto and then, little side note, but then I was, it, you stay there in this uh, water with epsom salt and you have the sensual deprivation tank and you are in the dark and you don't hear anything and you don't, I mean you hear the water through your ear and you hear your breathing but nothing else and you're there for an hour. And I remember having this idea of like, what if there was an extraterrestrial me like someone else <laughs> that was brought, it's exactly like me, but doesn't have my baggage, but has my same memories and everything. What would he do? It's sort of the same idea of like seeing from above. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking, okay, if I see myself from above from my process, what would uh, like a consultant in the David Allen company come and see that it's immediately obvious that I'm doing incorrectly? and that it's uh, like pulling myself back, right? So just to, as one example, like process-wise, that might be useful for people, even though this is a little bit like exoteric, exoteric if you don't know the uh, the GTD me- methodology. But one of the things that I had on my to-do list was like the name of a specific person and the name of a specific um, uh, site or a specific place, uh, and then. It was just that. To my brain, when I wrote it down, it was obvious, uh, draft an email to, to this person,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? And then it was like, okay, a week passed, another week passed. And it's not like I had the sense of anxiety that I should be doing something about that, mm. but I did not clarify what, I, what my next action was, which is decide what I want to talk to this person about. So I cannot write, even though my, my, it was a list of unclear things, right? It's like name of person and the place where she's from. Okay, but for that, I need to decide on a higher level what do I actually want to do. This is like a minor thing, but it's just an example of things that get stuck at least for me, that is deciding the next action of this thing, and in this case, it was like, okay, decide what the project is. This is the project, I know. Okay, now draft the the message. And then suddenly got unstuck things that were like three, four months in in the works, and then suddenly because you decided to do, and that was my, uh, the unhook came from the clarification of why am I doing it and what it is, and actually writing down specific things, like it's draft email. There is no message person. Am I sending an email? Am I sending a message? Am I calling them? Am I dropping by and knocking on the door? You know, like that's different. And uh, if you notice how many things are unclear on your on your that's his proposition. If I do it that I understand, if you know how many things are unclear on your to do list, that's why you're avoiding certain things. And that's what he was saying. In all your to do lists, it's either pulling or pushing on you. So, the more granular you can go so that you have marching orders, you know, then you do it. So, that's sort of like what was on my mind to I review those things.
0: Mm. I think from what you said, there are two things also in my mind. Like, first, there is a difference between if you're working with someone or you're working on your own. For instance, even that example, like if you should, or between nine to ten, uh, not talking about some external things that may prevent you, for instance, like neighbors decided to do renovations like you cannot do shoot or like light is bad like that's external that you cannot control but talking about like showing up if it just like even uh if you're working for instance like in our case we may schedule oh let's around 10 do shoot but around 10 sometimes like oh but still like to finish this little prepare this without rush so we are getting comfortable oh let's do it 10 30 or like oh 11 if the space is available i'm talking about like the conditions that we can be flexible the same may happen when you especially when you're doing it on your own you may say like oh around like in the morning i'll do this but then you get not in a rush like oh yeah i'll do it i'll do it, I'll do it. when you have someone else like other person and committed to them that's why i think some people prefer to go and do gym sessions with personal trainer it's not only about uh guidance of what to do it's commitment or the person will be waiting for me there and he or she will be waiting at specific time so i need to show up and i need to do like my best since i'm already there also too that doesn't happen the same like i even think about my like physical practice i'm more and more taking advantage of opportunities whenever i can go to someone else classes and practice with someone because i know like for certain time i can be very disciplined and nice and showing up for myself but then at some point it starts dragging down and that's Mm the time period that i do need to either go to the class or schedule online something or that it's someone will be there i know i have to show up uh and uh, they will be giving me some guidance and i will want to 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 get the best out of it like and to show up in the best uh, like quality so i think when we are talking not only about physical activity but it kind of applies the same to work activities and i think that's my main struggle for myself why things even if I put like okay today I need to do just this couple things workwise they still get stretched throughout the day because it was ah this is the whole day ah like there's no like you know like time deadline let's say oh I need to do it but it, like what's the like big deal if i do it 15 minutes later but then 15 minutes later gets into like an hour later (laughs) or -hmm. they get like into stretch like too long so i don't know like how to kind of recreate naturally that it's not stressed system for like you know working on your own that like my dream like is to have like from morning until like, I don't know, like mid afternoon, it's like work, then evening, I'm not working. I don't want, I do want to have, okay, maybe not every day, but having normal, like, you know, like not being feeling like, oh, but this needs to be done. And I'm talking about things that do need to be done within a week, let's say, like I'm not talking about necessarily things. I, which brings me to second thing. For me, how I organize, I have two lists. One is a one-time tasks that basically move the work p- forward it can be I don't know like uh, update page on the website uh, but not like a regular what we do <laughs> weekly updates at the club but I don't know like uh, do like website or write this article or, or I don't know like review this shoot or something like that or put new product on the website so it's like a one thing and then the second list which is usually much shorter because first list contains all business ideas to implement in the future and the second one, it's about like weekly things like, oh, I need to release one podcast per week, which I gave myself permission during last month. And right now I'm very chill and not stressed. And if it doesn't happen every week, but the idea of my podcast, Bella Dance Life podcast, it was releasing once per week and I want to come back and I will be coming back. but in a regular let's say live settings it's like once per week which means i need to record it i need to edit it i need to do all artwork upload on website publish and do social media about it so all these tasks they need to happen not necessarily in one day but throughout the week for instance podcast then now launching blog also i want to have at least one new blog article uh per week young dance club releasing new drill once per week releasing video message reviewing people's comments once per week that ha- has to happen some videos once per month has to be released so again they need to be recorded they need to be edited by you they need to be added description by me they need mm. to be published etc so it's like a small list but then it's a tasks that that do happen and the more you start developing what you're doing and and the projects and work the more that list also grows and then you kind of caught up in the things that just have to happen to keep you running but you almost don't have time to get to the list to grow and move even forward sometimes or at least that's the setting that you kind of like live in of course you can but that's the struggle how to combine it so it it does work together and also you want to have life
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah to me it's funny like my comments about that is that I just remembered this. Uh, it's a quote from Leonardo da Vinci, right? Mm. Which one could say was a very prolific artist, scientist, engineer, like Renaissance person. And apparently at the end of his life, he wrote in his, um, in his uh, like diaries that like was, was published afterwards uh, that, oh, tell me if anything has, was done, has ever been done. Like, so even this guy was like uh, (laughs) the most prolific, like uh, like a person that goes between this bridge between art and science and engineering, basically like a renaissance person. Even he had like, oh, how much was not done, right? So at the same time, that's why I think both you and I, a lot of uh, artists that I know and like people in general, they got so interested in this... uh, like an audiobooks podcast, like Tim Ferriss uh, or um, uh, Lewis Howes, and like all these uh, people that have like podcasts about productivity and about this uh, deciding pro- projects in this, let's say, more executive way of uh, doing and thinking, because no one really knows how to do this. And the other thing that I wanted to mention about that is that I think there is no one way to do it. There will be a way that works for you. Yeah. And so, like, because I was thinking there is another uh, book that was from, I think, Ryan Holiday, I discovered through Tim Ferriss, that um, he talks about the process of writing from different writers. And then it's like a collection of uh, how certain writers from Hemingway to, I don't know, like a bunch of other guys and girls, and they, how they wrote some of them, they were like super anal retentive, like at 9 a.m. I'll start writing and I don't stop until this or that. Or even, I think Neil Gaiman in one interview was saying that he goes to the, to his, uh, when it's time to write, he can do nothing or he can write. Hmm. He does not allow himself to do anything else. He cannot read and send emails, he cannot read magazines, he cannot read books, he cannot watch movies, he cannot do anything. So he goes there, he either writes or he does nothing.
0: Mm. After
1: 10 minutes of doing nothing, you, it's even better to write. So those little tricks, guys like, I think, I don't know if it's um, Michael, I forgot the name of the author, sorry, so but um, one of those big like Stephen King kind of guys that they literally ask the deadline for the publishing approaches they go to the hotel, separate from family, they just go and write. So whatever. And other people, it's like, oh, I start my day by drinking vodka, getting my, my cigarette, and they that works, right? It's like if you see Hemingway, how he wrote his books, he was a tall guy, and the refrigerators were small in those times. He literally wrote by hand, leaning on the, so it's like, so the secret for writing is it, <laughs> writing on top of refrigerators, like not necessarily. Right? So it's sort of like it will depend on whatever you need to do to get you into that productive state. And at the same time, I think, at least for me, and I think it applies to everybody is that you can either have a process problem that you're doing something inefficiently or you're doing something that is should be handed off to someone else or it should be done like those kinds of things or you have a psychological barrier that does not let you do that, and that can go to either a higher level, just the one that I'm trying to think, okay, what do you really want to do? And the other one is what expectations you have about yourself. Mm -hmm. There are those tricks. So there are two different things, right? It's like, are you working on what you should really be working on? Or are you uh, creating, For just as an example that I think a lot of people do, when you're down, did something just occurred to me, but I think applies to me, applies to you, applies to probably everybody, that is, you're down, you're, let's say you're with low self-esteem, a the theme from different uh, episodes that everybody goes through, and then you have this vision of yourself being the one that does this, 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 and that, and my life is like this, this, and that, because you think that those things will bring you, uh, like, joy, you get that dopamine hit to get you working and get you doing those things, but then when you're in the middle of it, you... Get off the rails and get you. It's sort of like even with like food. You say I'm not gonna eat that sweet, and then you go and eat that sweet, and then you feel crappy about it. It's sort of like that, but it's sort of like so. It's either a process problem that you haven't figured out, or it's like "Hmm, there is a psychological issue here that can be related to the big picture of your work, or even something that is completely unrelated that you don't even know that it's there in the background lurking. So um, I think one of the things to consider when you're doing Uh, work about your productivity or the things you want to be doing is that's why I come back to say okay but why right why Mm -hmm. what sometimes you have that idea because you want to feel better about yourself about being productive because you uh, associate that with a high morality status it's
0: very interesting it's also I think the question where exactly your joy is Is your joy in the process of doing these things or is it your joy in expecting results from these things? Uh, because if it's just results that's when the problem starts and i recently was listening to some podcast i forgot uh, which exactly like uh, the name but very cool very interesting idea was shared we often think about our future selves as idealized version we idealize our future selves we always think like oh like okay today I'll get a burger but tomorrow I will get a salad and it's the question like why do you really think tomorrow you will be doing better than you're doing today is there such thing uh, as like real like oh in the future you'll be perfect perfect version of yourself like where does it come from it comes from today if you're not doing it better today just out of dreaming of thinking you will not start suddenly doing it better tomorrow (laughs) yeah but
1: start with a dream yeah of course start with uh, a dream uh, but
0: uh, that doesn't go any further than dream unless you Decide to do it today.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I was even listening on uh, today is the reference for podcasts, but uh, (laughs) like uh, on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast, he had a researcher. Her name is Casey. Was just talking about addiction. I think we mentioned to you Mm -hmm. yesterday. But one of the things she was talking about is that we are in search of this for addictive like uh, behaviors uh, that you're looking for that dopamine hit. Right, and one of the crazy, crazy experiments in rats that she was mentioning was that so they got these rats to um, they basically took out the dopamine system off the rat.
0: Hmm.
1: Right, so the this the, the like the dopamine, this neurotransmitter that like it serves as a reward and as a thing for you to go and want to do things. When people are depressed, they have like issues with that sometimes. But these rats they got them no dopamine so if you put food on their mouth they will eat they will in principle enjoy as far as they can see that the rats enjoy it but because it doesn't have the dopamine they put the food next to it it will starve to death it's not going to reach for it because it doesn't have the dopamine so I keep thinking like why are we in this let's say um Inefficiency, uh, like area, the uh, and I highly recommend taking a look at that. I'll put it on the notes for this, ap- for this episode. Like that's very interesting conversation, because she was saying like if you have this additional, like even with social media of like the roulette of oh what's the new update, what's the new update, and in our case it's even more uh, um, uh, dangerous because it is part of your job description, right? You have to check. So of course I'll check. Right? And then uh, in the end, it's, uh, and it's like you have the best minds in the world trying to get you to click on these things, mm-hmm. right? So then you have that addition, then you have whichever other sweets or everything, and you don't have really like big struggle like in, in life. You're not chopping wood and getting exhausted for weeks on end, and years on end, unless you were in those situations, right? But in modern, the context of modern living, it's very easy to cheat our dopamine thing of like, okay, I did this very difficult thing, and I'm very proud that i oh, we released this course, I created this project, I did this thing, I did something, right? And uh, it's also like, you don't, so you you have this thing of like, this oh. dopamine hit on other things, and no wonder you don't have that urge to actually go and complete certain things. So no matter how motivated you are, if you don't have the systems and if you don't have that urge, which is why I was coming back to the why of things, Mm -hmm. what's the thing that will really get you excited to do? But excited not as in terms of fun, which is one of the things that I think people confuse a lot sometimes. It's like, oh, I'm going to be having fun all the time. If you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. No, no you're going to work like crazy because you, everybody works. and so you're going to have to do something on point. Day want. and
0: night. <laughs>
1: yes, exactly. Yeah.
0: But it's also very funny how it all appears from from the side. Like even your comment about Leonardo da Vinci, like, like even to think like, oh, that guy thought he didn't do enough. And how many times, like uh, we receive, like uh, from messages or comments yeah. from people, like, oh my God, you're doing so much, uh, like you're living your life, uh, dream life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, we are, like partially, but we have <laughs> so many more things that we still want to do and do them better and and more. And even like uh, sometimes, like for business talks, like uh, uh, some suggestions, ideas for projects, like it gets impression that. Oh my God, like you nailed it, etc And like for us from inside it was like, ah no, we are pretty much just in the middle of storm.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um I don't know, it's of course the stuff that we are literally talking about like where we are in the middle of it. Like in my case, one of the things that I noticed like even though like this year we're able that's why I was mentioning that you have reasons that are like okay what we really want to be doing and you have the psychological reasons that um i noticed like family and uh like uh, some family issues and my own like let's say personal development i noticed that um because i was doing like like some version of a diary right for a long 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 like dozens of years like probably like i don't know since i was 15 probably i have some version of it not as consistently of being like every day but i would always come back to it and i always saved it and now i'm using uh, this app called day one that is uh, you have computer and phone so it sort of syncs your your ads and then before i was doing as the, art, the artist date comes from julia cameron she was doing the uh, morning pages writing longhand like three like stream of consciousness like i did all those versions like i did my own versions of things but the thing that i've been doing for 460 something days non-stop, is um, with no, no day that I did not do it, is this uh, diary entries in this app, mm. right? This is not sponsored, I'm just telling this is the app that I use, I think it's only for Mac and, and the and the window and the um, iPhone, iPhone, unfortunately. But the cool thing that I'm using it for all sorts of things of like internal like uh, processing, let's say you like, uh, oh, you use it for so many things, like for example, I like this place to take a photo. I put it there on my on my on my app and then I have a collection of all the locations that I would like to do shoot. So it's a creative diary in a way mm-hmm. of ideas that I have. And you can tag, I see all oh, which movies we watched, which books I read, which like websites I want to go back to. it's sort of like a general reference and it's streamed with this narrative. And in our case, since you're traveling, it's actually with a map of which entrance, were, entries were happening in each, each place. One of the things that I noticed on the bad side is that even though a lot of things have changed since I moved from Brazil to Canada and then us traveling around, I struggle with sort of the same problems. Mm. Like it's something that I noticed and then just this year, that I did something for a different episode, but like it's more psychological terms, but it's sort of like, I know, I discovered sort of why, or at least what's the mechanism behind it. And just by working on something that has nothing to do with productivity, has nothing to do with great visions, it's sort of like you're trying to run with a limp leg. Like, and so what, what happened to me that I noticed by analyzing this, uh, just happened that I had that data, right? Okay, go back one year. Oh, you're th- saying,
0: oh, do, 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 do. do.
1: Right? And then, go back when you're oh, like, it's basically the same thing in a way, like it's, it's rehashing. And then at some point, I say, you know what, I want new problems. You know? <laughs> so then, um, it, it just happened that uh, the solution was for productivity, had nothing to do with productivity. It was to untie other things that are holding you back. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we think more in the, oh, how can I be more efficient? Oh, I'm doing this, when the problem is... Um, in my case, just to compare our two approaches, because I think it's kind of interesting for people to see, like if you don't do things in a specific, um, like order that you you yeah mm-hmm. that you that you said okay it has to be happen this this and that, you can be a whole day that you are beating yourself up <laughs> from not having done that, which is highly inefficient, right? <laughs> in my case, I do the list of things that I would like to be doing, and then and then that I have to do, and then sometimes something else comes up, and I really spend the whole day focusing on that thing.
0: Sometimes. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah.
1: And I really focus on that thing, right? So um, <laughs> and then it's like, oh, it's really efficient, but it's really productive, but not what I should be doing right now to have this other things moving forward. And I think both because I know me and I know you to a certain extent, they come from other things that have nothing to do with the, the objective. And I think that's something that, could be useful for people to see that all the blind spots that you think are one problem but are actually another problem. So I think that's uh, has to do with everything from losing weight to, and it's sort of like, at least for me, like sometimes um, all those problems that you had, like uh, in my case, for example, one thing that I'm just gonna mention from a like, personal point of view, that I had never seen myself as fiercely not objective, but like goal-oriented with a task in mind to finish. And nothing stands in my way until I finish the same. As soon as there are resistance to things, I get self-doubt. I get all sorts of problems that everybody... Huh?
0: Only if it's about your task. Yeah, I yeah. saw it many times when you do it for other people. That's exactly. Even if it's for me something. Yeah, yeah. so
1: that's my point. Like, that's yeah. exactly my point. So, But as a vision of being more fierce in a way that I did not know existed in me. And actually you had to point it out, was that when my mom got sick and all the things needed to happen, like after she got COVID, I got COVID, and all the things needed to happen, how I got single-minded, like, and this happened even before when she went to the ICU many years ago, it's like, no, 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 this needs to happen, we'll solve, like things that usually I would be the one um, like uh, or at least be afraid of doing those things like oh how can i choose this new doctor that needs to do this no no, no just go and do it like i get into like doing mode but i never noticed this and then as you mentioned like oh if it is for me to do work for other people for clients for friends for you for like for business i will do it gladly but whenever it's to work for myself i didn't and that's one of those things also that i learned even with the I forgot her name, but the wife of Jordan Peterson, that she's an artist, and she was talking to her daughter, uh, Michaela Peterson, on her podcast. (laughs) So many drops of podcasts today. (laughs) But what she was saying is that she did not allow herself to go into the room and paint. Right? And then I was thinking, here you go, this great artist, wife of, uh, like, independent of like, you're not the guy, like, uh, like, world-class and certainly very rich uh, individual, and you're not letting yourself do art? So why are you living? You know, like, of course, if you go into the podcast, she really talks about it. I really identified with it. I even, if you remember like in Kreverik, when you were like in Ukraine, I really got like, oh my God, like, yeah, I'm really not allowing myself to really develop my own projects because it's sort of like, I always put myself in the, um, let's say on the back burner. And this one thing that is like talking about processes like that we started noticing It's like, I'm always asking, okay, do you need anything? Is there anything missing? Is this like, I'm always trying to, whenever I'm avoiding things that are for my own, let's say, quote unquote, selfish, even though it's not selfish, like for my own art creation, I will sabotage myself from being productive to other people. And then eventually you resent that. So in this case, I'm just giving you this as an example of, I would never have expected that would, that me not doing certain thing had to do with, deep psychological thing that was a complete blind spot. I had no idea that that was happening to me.
0: Yeah, that's a good point and, uh, well, last year was, uh, the whole year, uh, I think it's a lot for us, dealing with psychological aspects for both of us, not that we were planning to bring it up on this episode. <laughs> Uh, but mm. it's uh, like indeed like even the things that you were talking and I were talking today like earlier about like the uh, Workflows in this episode. They are definitely connected to uh, Partially personality but mostly psychological mechanisms that developed in your body and mind and uh, uh not maybe to go super deep into this topic today, but uh, one book that I would recommend, I think would be very useful for people to read and dig deeper, it's uh, uh, Lise Bourdeaux. Uh It's Five called Wounds Five Wounds, Wounds in English. In English. Uh, was very interesting and i opponent and i know like for myself like oh yeah i have a tendency of overscheduling as i mentioned and i know exactly why i have this tendency and i kind of know exactly the this tendency of stretching and still not finishing my list to do for the day like where it comes from psychologically and uh, uh but it's still like questionable, like how exactly to solve. But at least understanding where it comes from, it's, it's already at least one step forward.
1: Yeah, that, uh, that book from Liz Bordeaux, I remember like Janos was reading and then I eventually decided, okay, let me take a look at this. It's sort of like, okay, first disclaimer. From my point of view, as a science-minded skeptical guy, there's a lot of BS about past lives and things like that. I will call it BS because in my view it is, unless all our understanding of the universe is incorrect. Uh, but there are kernels of truth in what she's saying in terms of like identifying problems and acting on them that I did not see in any of my other like psychological like views. I'm sure that it's sort of like the diagnosis Diagnosis. No, the the mechanism with which that happens is incorrect, but doesn't mean that the fact that those things exist in your life are not spot on, like the way that she she put. So that's just my little disclaimer for all the um, skeptical mind people to think that it's a woo book. It is a woo book, but it's actually very useful, very interesting. It's sort of like even though you don't know your explanation of why certain thing is. Uh, is happening is incorrect doesn't mean that the thing that is happening you didn't identify right you can think that the house is uh, like on fire because of spirits or you can know that it's from a match but the house is on fire so that's sort of like but I highly recommend that's a very cool unlikely book for me to find it's a very small very short book and um, there are versions of uh, um, uh, in like a bunch of languages, I, I recommend. And even if it's not this specific book, the idea of like looking into your psychology—that is sort of like one idea. I think it's from uh, I think it's Albert Einstein that it's like you will never solve a problem at the level that you you came up with the idea of the problem. The solution will come from a different level. Yeah. Like it's a very cool like idea. And I think it's the same. And sometimes you think like we're in executive mode right? When executive mode is symptom of other problems that you have. So I think that's um, um, something to keep in mind.
0: And usually it's the most uh, unpleasant baggage to dig in. That's why we sometimes hide and think, oh no, the problem isn't productivity. And the problem is yeah somewhere else <laughs> yeah. yeah. like I think
1: it's sort of like a, another thing that is so interesting in this uh, conversation from uh, Joe Rogan with this researcher she was saying like how for example with rats we are so attracted to certain things they were saying like you know like rats like to go in the little maze mm-hmm. so apparently they, it, they really like it and they decided they discover that by putting that maze even in the wild mm. they decided they actually want to go in the maze even with all the world around, they want to go in the maze. Mm. If they put the, the maze with a very rich environment of um, things to do, like for the, for the rat to go around, if there is a maze, he'll come back to the maze as we come back to, to the phone. We can't stop mm. it, that kind of stuff. And, and they even discovered what kind of maze they will like more universally right? And so this idea of like in in behavior science, in this case with, uh, with rats, but it's sort of like which activities, because now we have certain things that are, that's what the idea of the podcast was in the end, that it's easy to find sugary food, alcohol, drugs, whatever is the thing that takes you, like this dopamine hits that gets you like, Depressed and not motivated, and all those things that deregulate your like uh, your your, like neurochemistry, and you have social media on top of it, and you have the uncertainty of your job description when you are an entrepreneur, an artist, or even when you are working on on a company. Like we're long way from the times when your boss told you what to do. Like it's sort of like you have to sort of decide what to do based on all these criteria. So. Everybody's going through this, uh, these things right now. And one of the two things that they mentioned that is so obvious, but it's from that point of view, that is most people don't have a spiritual practice. I am the first one to admit that I usually don't. I have like a very deep, let's say artistic and like personal or philosophical like uh, uh, like um, life. But in terms of spirituality, something that I don't, re- unless certain specific points, or if art takes me that, there, But it's not a practice, it's something I stumble upon it, Mm -hmm. right? And then that's why mindful meditation, even prayer and all those things like they they can help with that. And the other thing that they were talking about, and I think it's where we're going to go next probably, that is you need to do something difficult. Like strenuous physical exercise or going into something really difficult that you want to learn. Like, And I was thinking like, I remember because she was talking about this. Because when you have like you start to exercise and then you have this dopamine hit from like other things like uh, from exercise and, uh, and and that and then it starts a process of change and naturally it starts helping with uh, with uh, other yeah, other, like, other other activities and then so you're not you're not in this infinite loop that that, that you're in right and and um, so that was like a cool thing that, uh, that she was talking about because you think like, oh, I don't have time to focus on this because I have to focus on that. When that thing, for example, physical exercise will be a shortcut for you to get into the, um, those other things. And for me, for example, just, just to mention this thing that is on the background, like right here, that it's like when you start something new, but it's basically a re-understanding of something old, which is also the, the theme, I haven't thought of it that way, but now that we're talking, I kind of see it like of rethinking projects, objectives, what you really want to be doing and all that. Like this is a a clay drum from, that is a a fish skin drum from uh, Sonica Percussion. Shout out to Hakan again for, uh, uh, and I started having classes with this like master teacher here in uh, in Istanbul. And then suddenly all my technique for learning this, uh, this drum was uh, based on uh, Arabic style, which is great. But I really was uh, um, attracted to the way, uh, the Turkish style of playing this this drum. And basically, I was a beginner again on something I've been playing for, like basically all my adult life, right? Professionally, Mm -hmm. for the last 10 years, I would say. Like so, suddenly I was a beginner, like certain things that were obvious to me in one style, they're completely new on another style. But then you see the progress on that.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: then suddenly, it's helping you like, I was even seeing, even in small things, like making decisions, no, 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 I want to do it this way, you know, like things like that, they, it's not magical, but it's naturally because you have this um, like reinforcement because I spent okay, I may not be playing perfectly, but I did spend an hour, two hours today playing the same, really working on it. And even though, like, let's say, from a, like, work point of view, it will be a while until I'm able to, to do, uh, like, perform music in a, in a professional way, but it was cool to okay, I go and practice. And again, just as a little side note about that, is that I got the opportunity here to actually play at um, very cool, like uh, the library of the Tokpekapi Palace, which was like a highlight for me of uh, of, uh, of Istanbul, completely unplanned for, unexpected. And uh, it was like really cool. And I was playing this drum that now is uh, spoiled by playing at the Sultan's Palace, but it was really cool. Okay, I'm at a certain level, I'm here, the masters are here, and I am on my way, right? And those kinds of things are the things that, as you do them in throughout like your life, when you allow yourself to be a beginner again, all this arborization happens in your brain and you start like, creating new pathways and all those things that keep you young. And also, like, keep you young in your mind and, uh, like, re-understanding your priorities you know like mm. the goal in sight again sort of like mm.
0: well on this note i think we should uh, uh wrap up and go practice <laughs> 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 because today was morning shoot yeah. and i still have my dance practice you still have drumming practice and we still have some work on the computers <laughs> I mean,
1: Sultan, yeah so um it was a bit of a longer episode. We hope that you found this interesting. If you'd like to send us questions or comments or anything, you can do it on YouTube or you can go at janadance.com artistdate, leave us a question. We'll be sure to uh, answer you on the next episodes if you have any comments. Also on YouTube, you can do it wherever you want. Um,
0: And also, don't forget to check our platform, Yana Dance Club, especially if you are interested in learning. Uh, dance highly encouraged for both beginners and uh, advanced intermediate uh, belly dance and middle eastern and central asian uh, folklore dances we did a lot of cool stuff in turkey for it and already releasing it so new material is published but there is a lot of classes there's over 130 hours of uh, classes and tutorials for different levels and different programs there so Uh, check it out at yanadanceclub.com there is also seven day free trial so you can literally see what's there and we hope to see you in the next episode of the artist date